Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. From the Financial Times, this is Hard Currency. The first presidential debate takes place on Monday, and the polls are tightening. The markets have long assumed that the election was Hillary Clinton's to lose, but are investors now clued up on what a Donald Trump triumph would mean? And even if Mrs Clinton does prevail, should the market assume that life goes on as before? I'm Roger Blitz, and a warm welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast of the Financial Times on the foreign exchange market. Joining me to discuss Trump, markets and FX is Paul McNamara, Investment Director at GAM. Paul, first of all, this has been the week of the Fed. We've had that. Do we now park it and move on to the US election? I think we do. I mean, the feeling is with low interest rates, low bond yields across the world, obviously, especially the US, Europe, people want to take more risk. They want to buy more corporate, more high yield, especially more emerging markets. And a couple of things that have been holding them back was number one, the Fed, which is why I think we saw quite a sharp rally on an entirely expected no hike decision. And I think what people are beginning to worry about now is the US presidential election, because I think the election of Donald Trump will be seen as certainly a big negative for emerging markets and probably for risk assets more broadly. And up to November the 8th, do we see anything else getting in the way? It's going to be a fairly mundane series of uh, economic data coming out. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's really dwarfed. I mean, the feeling is that the Fed's not going to move in November now. There's no significant data between now and the meeting. I think the US election really is far more important than anything else that's on the way in that period. Now, up until now, any action as far as Trump risk is concerned has been around the Mexican peso. Yeah, that's been the key one. I mean, if you do a graph of the Mexican peso against the Trump versus Clinton poll lead, there's actually quite a sharp match. And it's one of these things which I think people have woken up to quite late. We've had a rash of research this week about the Trump effect. I think the the later stage, we've seen a rash of recommendations for long ruble, short Russian ruble, short Mexican Russian peso. ruble? Because... Uh, Donald Trump speaks extremely fondly of Russia and President Putin. He's criticised US endorsement of sanctions. I think there's a strong feeling that if he does win the election, that it's likely to lead to a sharp, a very prompt reversal of sanctions on Russia, which would be very positive for the ruble. Mm. And in a world where there really isn't much else which is likely to do well in those, I think the Russian ruble kind of stands out. So it's been anti the peso because of the protectionist policies of Trump and the threat to any US trade partners. Do we see this? This knock-on effect happening to other major trade partners of the US? So far, no. I mean, we've seen a little bit of noise in the Canadian dollar so far. It's getting stronger, I think. Mm. Um, Canadian dollars because Trump said, I'm going to trash NAFTA. Exactly. And one of the areas where the US president has a lot of power to act alone is in terms of trade policy, that whereas, you know, in the domestic side, in terms of the budget, there's congressional oversight. In terms of trade policy, you know, as well as some of the executive orders that President Obama has effectively ruled by, there is the ability of the US president to make huge changes in the US trade regime. It's really quite pronounced, and I think that's why we're being so trade-centric and currency-centric about the impact of a Trump presidency. So the peso, the Canadian dollar, Anything China, in Asia. Any, Asia, I mean, the Trump platform 
such as it is, is anti-globalization, negative about, or, or protectionist, negative on trade. So it's countries which are highly dependent on the US, which run large trade surpluses with the US, or which are major parts of globalization. So Asia, sort of, and greater China, so with Taiwan, with Singapore, with Hong Kong, I think stand out from that point of view. Okay. The world wakes up on November the 9th. Donald Trump has been elected US president. What's the market reaction? I think flight to safety. You know, you're moving into a world of huge uncertainty. Well, what are you sure of? I think you're sure of buns. I suspect Europe does well, despite that trade consideration, just because, you know, if you don't want to put money into a deeply uncertain US, there aren't a lot of other markets of comparable size. So I think Europe does quite well. And I think, you know, we know which are the riskier parts of global FX. It's emerging FX, it's probably sterling, it's the commodity currencies. I think those do badly. And I think, you know, the yen and the euro are probably the key things that you want to buy. And global equities, what happens to them? I think they just go down. (laughs) Look, I mean, there's clearly a lot of negative noise towards Donald Trump. Of course, he will need the Republican Party, if he's elected president, to support him. So you could see perhaps a business-friendly Republican president in the White House. You could also see, actually, conversely, that Congress, whatever, whether it's leaning towards the Republicans or not, may be a check on Donald Trump's power. I think the check is most pronounced in domestic matters. I mean, the structure of the US Constitution, and you're suddenly going to be hearing a lot more from constitutional lawyers, I suspect, is that the president has a lot of scope in terms of foreign relations, especially war, you know, where we've seen a strong leadership is required. Whereas in domestic matters, again, the budget, security policy, that's got a lot more to do with Congress. So, I mean, his ability, I think, you know, I mean, we've seen one house, I think, has been talking about a much looser fiscal policy. That's not a given. Mm. You know, I think there's an internal conflict within the Republican Party, which on the one hand is leans towards a balanced budget, on the other hand leads to much lower taxes. So I think, you know, it's not a given what happens next. But, you know, I think there are some things which it would be possible to get through Congress and some things which would be much yes. more difficult. And it's not necessarily a given that if Mrs. Clinton does win, that it is business as usual. After all, she has the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democratic Party leaning towards a more left centred policies. Should the market be cognizant of that? I mean, I think that's secondary at the moment. I think, you know, the big feature of the election is will Donald Trump win the election? And Mm. I think, you know, where exactly Clinton comes on the democratic spectrum is pretty much secondary to that. But I mean, you know, the Clinton administration was the glory days of Greenspan, of Larry Summers, of that, of Rubin, of that whole globalisation, kind of backstop of globalisation in the US. And I don't think that she is likely to represent a dramatic break and certainly not remotely as likely to represent a dramatic break as Donald Trump is. People like to compare the run-up to the US election with the run-up to Brexit. And certainly we saw with Brexit the sterling options market being much more alive to the prospect of Brexit than, say, the spot market. Are we going to see similar trends in futures uh, trading? I think stronger, if anything. I mean, I think what a lot of people took out of Brexit was don't trust the polls, certainly don't trust the betting odds very carefully, yeah. that, that surprises are possible. If you look at, say, the vol surface, Mexican peso, I think, is showing it most clearly. You've got, you've got quite a pronounced kink across the date of the US election. I think it's beginning to show up in some of the other related variables in things like Taiwanese dollar, Canadian dollar. And I think that's only going to get stronger as we get closer to the election itself. People are much more aware of the issues around the US election than they were even two or three weeks ago. Can you see any bounce in the dollar over the next six months, whoever wins? 
Oh, I think it's very possible. You know, if we move to a period of greater certainty around the US, and of course the classic dollar rally is in a period when US growth looks stronger relative to the rest of the world, I think we're only, assuming political stability, we're only a run of decent US data away from a rally in the US dollar. Just finally, Paul, we started talking about how we've been fixated with the Fed this week, and now we will look at the US election. Of course, if Donald Trump does win, that kind of puts the December Fed meeting into a completely different perspective, doesn't it? I think it does. I mean, you know, I think, again, people look to Brexit for a precedent, you know, which was seen as a negative event. You see dramatic loosening. What do you do? You go, you go in and you buy bonds. Yes, I mean, I think it's definitely an additional reason, admittedly one that the FOMC were reluctant to talk about, that the, you know, the looming huge uncertainty around the election, I think that was an important reason why they waited, you know, even in the face of three dissents. But I think the odds of a move of a hike in December, given a Clinton victory, are, are really quite high. We await Monday's first debate with enormous interest. My thanks to Paul McNamara at GAM. We'll be back next week to discuss the impact of that first presidential debate on the dollar and the markets. Until then, keep up to date with all the FX news on ft.com slash markets. And it's goodbye from us. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT News podcasts, which focus on one of the main issues of the day and bring you the insights and expertise of our global network of journalists as well as outside contributors. You can download these at ft.com slash podcasts most days of the week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.